One year ago today, I was releasing the first few episodes of Clocking In with Haley Gaffin. While I've been a podcast producer since 2017, I'll be the first to tell you that there is always something to learn in the podcasting world. Well, over the last year of hosting my own show, I have learned more than I ever could have imagined. Hey y'all, welcome to the Clocking In podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and professionals making their way in the working world. I'm your host, Haley Gaffin. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Gaffin Creative, a podcast production company for creative entrepreneurs. Learn more about our services at gaffincreative.com. Plus, you'll also find resources, show notes, and more for the Clocking In podcast. So let's clock in and get to work. I think that in any profession, it's important to know that there is always room to grow. And boy, oh boy, did I feel that over the last year. From putting myself in my client's shoes all the way to realizing the needs of each and every client will vary, the last 365 days have been such an amazing experience that impacted my own podcast production company as well as my podcast. I'm actually really excited about this episode because there are so many valuable lessons for podcasters, but more specifically, if you're wanting to start a podcast. To kick things off, I want to highlight that this industry is always changing. Over the last few years, I've seen the transformation of so many of my clients' podcasts, and I'm blown away by how they've grown. I'm subscribed to like 10 different daily podcasting newsletters to try to keep up with the latest in the industry. So please know that being an expert in any field is hard. So this means that over the last year, I've researched and tested out so many different tools and programs for my clients and for myself. I've tried new marketing strategies and even spent time looking deep into the data to determine what worked, what didn't work, and what I wouldn't recommend for my clients by doing it in my own podcast before recommending it to them. Being a podcast host isn't all fun and games. It does take work and ideas and strategy and content creation. So today I am sharing the six most important lessons that I learned or was validated in what I already thought I knew over the last year. The first lesson I learned over the last year is that consistency is so important for listeners and for some players even. This doesn't mean that in order to have a podcast, you have to commit to and produce weekly episodes, but it does mean that whatever frequency you set your podcast to, you should commit to that. So that could be weekly or it could be every other week, or it could be monthly. Whatever it is, have that consistency for your listeners. Now, some players like Apple will stop automatic downloads if someone hasn't listened to your podcast or downloaded an episode in 14 days. And I have a full blog post that further explains this over on the blog that I'll link to in the show notes that references a article that Apple released all about this. But the question you're probably asking is, how did I actually learn this lesson? Well, in May of last year, I went through this weird time where work and life just kind of piled up on each other, and I wasn't batching at the time, so I decided to take a small break with really no explanation. I didn't tell my listeners, I didn't explain that there would be a break and that there wouldn't be new episodes, I didn't even mention it on my social media. Well, (laughs) I decided to use this as a test to see what my podcast listenership would do. I released my 13th episode of clocking in on May 10th. Then I did not release another episode for 21 days. On May 31st, I released episode 14 titled Overwhelmed, You Can Take a Break. And I meant it. It was a four minute episode 
that was meant to say, hey, life is important and sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Well, I did that and I learned a huge lesson from it. My June episodes ended up getting half the downloads that my original May episodes were getting upon releases and my April episodes as well. It took so much marketing the podcast to get those numbers back up to where they originally were before I took that long break. In taking this unexpected break, I left my listeners hanging. I set the players up to automatically stop downloading new episodes to my listeners' phones, and I lost the interest of my audience. That mistake is not one that I make anymore, as I have started batching, or at least I've tried to. We'll we'll get there. Don't hold me to it. (laughs) But I also push my clients not to do this either. And I know this is so hard. I know it. We will get into this a little bit more after a few more lessons that I'll highlight for you. But the next lesson is going to make you kind of scratch your head and question if I even know what the heck I'm talking about, but bear with me. If you're a business or a service-based business and you have a podcast, this is especially true for you. You ready? (laughs) The number of listeners and subscribers you have is not as relevant as you think. Now hear me out on this one. Please, please, please hear me out. You can work with what you've got. So at clocking in, I'm not bringing in thousands of downloads a month. Is that a goal? Yeah, of, of course it is. I would love to be bringing in those numbers. It would open up so many opportunities for monetization through ads and sponsorships. But right now we are not there. And I'm okay with that because... This has not kept my business from succeeding. It's not kept the podcast from succeeding. The goals I have for my podcast are not reliant upon thousands of downloads a month. You can build a really loyal listenership that believes in what you do, trusts you, and eventually converts into paying clients. Your downloads and your subscribers don't have to be high to make an impact and convert listeners into clients. This isn't the case with monetizing through ads though, so... Let me walk you through a couple of ways that I have made my smaller audience work for my brand. Now, on a quarterly basis, I am mapping out my strategy for the podcast and what I'll be promoting. So this could be freebies or products, courses, services, or even affiliate links and programs. For me, everything I've launched over the last year started with a promotion on the podcast. So that's my shop, my VIP days, my course, Even my VIP days, I offered a beta round to test them out to see if it would work for my business, and I sold all of those from podcast listeners. Now, I've been able to refer people back to past episodes if they're trying to decide what works for them, but also for non-clients who are doing research for their podcasts and aren't sure if they want to bring someone on to help. A quick hint for you, doing this little reference to old episodes will usually push them to reconsider hiring someone because it opens a door for them to see that there are experts, you know, quote unquote experts in the industry that can help them. And this podcast has really set me up to be somewhat of an expert in the industry because I am sharing valuable podcast knowledge and strategies for free, but I'm opening the doors to working with me in a hands-on experience through each of my episodes, essentially. Now today, I will go ahead and say like 50% of my clients have come from referrals. I know that that's the case. I'm so appreciative of all of those referrals and I'm so appreciative of those clients as well. But in addition to that, about 40% of my remaining clients have made the final decision to hire me after being convinced from a podcast episode. 
Now that's important to know because those clients aren't a one and done client, and at least not usually. These clients are committed and they're valuable clients that are providing me with consistent income each month. This means that around 35-40% of my annual revenue originated from a client listening to my podcast and then deciding to hire me. A small listenership still leads to beloved clients. Now, if you're one of those clients listening, please know how much I love you and how much you are valued at Gaffin Creative. I so love working with you. Now, I don't want you to just look at your podcast as an opportunity to sell, 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 because each and every episode should not do that. What I do want you to consider is sprinkling in that selling with a few other things. So you could do standard episodes that aren't necessarily selling, that are just teaching and educating, but... Another thing you can do is create lead magnets for your brand and for your content. Now, when I launched this podcast, I decided that I'd grow my email list from my show because I had a very small email list when I launched this podcast. So I did create some lead magnets and I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Out of my six opt-ins and lead magnets that I use for marketing, Five of them came directly from creating podcast episode content. And what I mean by that is I had an episode in mind where I wanted to educate or teach on something, but I knew that if I created a worksheet or a downloadable, it would benefit the listener so much more. So that's what I did. You can check out all of those freebies and opt-ins at gaffincreative.com slash freebies or head to the show notes and kind of get a feel of what this looks like. Speaking of which... This leads into the third lesson that I've learned over the last year of hosting. So before we get there, the first one was that consistency is important for your listenership. And the second one was the number of listeners you have isn't as relevant as you think. So this third one, since we've been on lead magnets and we're talking about this, is you can repurpose your podcast content and the resources you create for it throughout your marketing and within your brand. And now I did talk a little bit about this a few episodes ago in my repurposing episode, but I want to dive specifically into the lead magnet strategy. Now I've taken my lead magnets and I've used them as standalone content. For the lead magnets that are really important for you to listen to an episode, I note that on the bottom of the lead magnet. I don't want someone to get it and not really know how to use it. So what I do is I highlight on the bottom of each of those, like to get the most out of this lead magnet, make sure you listen to episode blank of clocking in with Haley Gaffin at gaffincreative.com slash, and then the episode number. Doing this helps guide them in using the resource, also introduces them to my podcast, but it builds a better connection between us. So they get to know who it is that they're downloading from. Now, how am I using those lead magnets? And where am I promoting them? Well, let's start with Pinterest. About probably six months ago, I really took Pinterest seriously. And it has overwhelmingly grown my email list in ways that I did not see possible. I'm also using them when I guest speak on podcasts or join a summit or am part of a conference or even in Facebook groups that I'm teaching in. I'm repurposing them in other blog content as well. So this strategy of repurposing has really helped me with content creation in my business and has offered me a high level service that I'm excited to incorporate into my brand this year for some high strategy clients. So 
basically what I'm doing is I'm taking, I'm up-leveling my services with the strategy that I've used on my own. This is kind of a bonus. It's not one of my six lessons that I learned, but I did have a client this year that, that came to me and said, I really wanted more strategy from you. And honestly, I'm glad she did because I realized I wasn't building that strategy into my packages. I was building a service of like, hand me your work and I'll handle it. And now a lot of my clients are getting that strategy focus service that was needed. And being able to test strategies on my own podcast has really grown that part of my business. So just a little bonus there of a lesson that I learned, but not part of the six. (laughs) Now, the fourth lesson is one that I'm still learning myself, but it's that you have to be really dedicated to your podcast as a host. You have to be dedicated. Now, coming up with new topics and creating content consistently is a little bit more work than you may think. There is such a thing as pod fade where hosts will launch and then they lose motivation and they kind of fade out of producing episodes, which is not something that I want with my clients. And it's something I've kind of set up some things in my business to avoid that. Additionally, creating weekly content is easy to fall behind on. So like, For example, the time period back in May of last year where I just stopped producing episodes, I don't allow that in my business. I don't allow it for myself. I don't allow it for my clients. And there are ways we work to make that happen to where that's not happening to you. (laughs) Because of this, I have shifted how I base those packages that I offer clients And I have shifted how my clients are providing me with files and providing me with new content. And this helps encourage consistent content creation, but it also encourages batching. Now, I will go ahead and say I'm preaching to the choir. I am not perfect. (laughs) I've been late on my own episodes. You can ask my girl, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, Victoria knows I have fallen behind a lot over the last few months (laughs) since she's taken over the production of my podcast. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead, but just know I'm preaching to the choir. So in this upcoming year on the podcast, my personal goal with my own podcast is to get a full month ahead on episodes. And I'm really excited to achieve this and then also encourage my clients to do the same. Because if I can take away that feeling of overwhelm and having to hustle last minute all the time away from my clients, I want to do that. So that is a huge goal of mine for this year. Now, the next lesson was really a validation of what I originally set out to do for my clients. And that is that your podcast content can support your SEO strategy. I've officially seen it firsthand in my own podcast where my episodes have contributed to new traffic on my website, which has led to podcast inquiries and even some podcast clients. And this is something that my new strategy packages that I mentioned will help guide podcasters on and be able to track what our efforts are bringing in. Now, I've worked on my own SEO for years, but with the addition of my podcast episodes and my blog posts that are really about podcasting, I'm producing that content weekly. So that's a new podcast and a new blog post each week. So over time, that has impacted where I'm showing up in Google searches. So I'm able to see those Google searches and the keywords that are used and the landing pages that they're falling onto that are driving traffic to my website. This is a huge component to an SEO strategy. And I'm really excited to dive into this more with clients 
and help strategize this long-term. So all of my podcast clients, they get a, a quarterly planning call where we're kind of going over content ideas. And if they want to bring in their strategy for their search engine optimization, we can absolutely do that. And that'll help guide us on the content that they're creating. Because as a business owner, providing your listeners with things that will drive them back to your services or your products is so important for them, but then also for that strategy. So I could go on and on about this. So we'll move on to the next lesson because I feel like this could be a full episode in and of itself. I have done episodes on SEO strategy in the past. Um, you can head to the show notes. I'll link those there. It's where I share about tools that I use for SEO strategy, especially for my clients. Now, the final lesson that I learned over the last year of producing this show is such a funny lesson to me, considering it is what I do. So my podcast is a really important piece of my brand and of my marketing, but my time in my business is better spent with clients or working on my business and growing and just creating better experiences for my clients Working on my show is not one of them. <laughs> so you as a business owner should be focusing on what matters in your podcast and outsource the rest. And I'm saying this as someone who's doing it. I do have a team member who handles my podcast production, my show notes, my graphics. I mentioned her earlier. It's Victoria. She even handles scheduling all of my Pinterest content and takes on special projects and a couple of blog posts here and there based on the content and what I know that she knows really well and I can trust her to do. While I'm managing that content and strategy behind the show, she's handling the rest for me. I'm able to plan, hit record, and send her everything and she does the rest. Like it's so, so nice. And that's what I wanna be for my clients. I wanna be someone that they can trust with that. Now with Victoria, I brought her onto the team. She started as an intern and I was able to kind of train her in the podcasting space and then also in editing. And we went back and forth a few times. And now she is such a vital member of this team. So I say all of this because if you're in the weeds of your podcast and you love creating the episodes, but not all of the back end work, my team is here to help. We can manage the pieces you don't love, but we can also support you in the pieces you're good at with strategy and content ideas. Friends, I really hope this episode opened your eyes to what I think is really important for potential podcast hosts, but also just business owners in general. There's always room for you to grow, especially if you place yourselves in your client's shoes and experience processes firsthand. I wanted to thank you all so much for your support over the last year. And if you're new around here and just want to take a listen to some of the most popular episodes, I want to encourage you to go back and listen. So based on the numbers, because we're data focused over here, my most popular episodes over the last year were episode one, which was five lessons my mom taught me about money. And that's so fitting considering an upcoming episode, but I'm not going to say too much more there. And then the second most popular was episode four, defining your own success while cheering for other women. And that one's a personal favorite episode of mine. I actually go back to this month after month and listen to this episode because I want to remind myself of how I was feeling right after launching my podcast and just reminding myself that it's so important to cheer for other people. 
I really encourage you to listen to that one. Um, and then the third most popular episode was episode 20, which was how we paid off our house in five years. And that was an accomplishment that we worked really hard for. And I'm really proud of us for doing it. And in the episode, I do give you a little behind the scenes look at exactly what that looked like for us from 2015 until 2020 and kind of give you a little bit of encouragement if it's something that you want to accomplish on your own. So I'd love to hear what you think about those episodes if you haven't given them a listen yet. Now, thank you so much for joining me today and celebrating one full year of clocking in with Haley Gaffin. And if you're enjoying this show, make sure you head to your favorite podcast player and leave a rating or review. We'll see you next week for a very special episode. This has been another episode of the Clocking In Podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode and more at gaffincreative.com. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. If you love this episode, I'd be so honored if you'd leave me a review in the Apple Podcast app. Until next time, I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, clocking out.